Hello everyone, my name is Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eads. And my name is Samuel Sage. And welcome to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. On to today's topics as I get bombarded by helicopter noises apparently. Um, we're talking about McLaren and Alonso mainly, but we're going to kick off by just talking about the seat that's been left, the void in the sport that's made us all emotional. Guys, what is going on with McLaren? Science has just signed. Is it a good thing, bad thing? What's happening with the other seat? Kick us off. Well, I'm just going to put it out there before we start. Do you, do you think Formula One teams and drivers have forgotten what the concept of a summer break is? Quite possibly, because there seems to be more activity now than at any point during the season. And of course, just a few hours before we're ready to go live, uh, they've decided that Carlos Sainz is going to go to McLaren now, which kind of threw it all up in the air a bit. Um, yeah, where do McLaren go from here? Fernando Alonso has been a staple of the, um, of the team for so long now. Um, they've obviously lost um, an incredible driver, no doubt about that. They've also gained a lot of money because they're not <laughs> spending so much Very on this true. guy now. So I wonder if Carlos Sainz is, is as expensive as Fernando Alonso. I don't think so. I don't think Probably so. Probably not. Yeah, I think obviously Sainz has now been confirmed. I like the move from McLaren, to be honest. I think Sainz is talented. He had a very good 2017, hasn't had a great 2018 so far, but he signed a multi-year deal. And I think if you give Sainz the chance to have a few years at McLaren, let the team revolve around him, make it a home. Because he said in previous interviews that he isn't happy with one-year deals that he keeps getting. Now he's got a multi-year deal. Maybe he can grow into this role and be the new leader of the team like Alonso was. Yeah. And for Sainz, it's, it's, you know, it's his boyhood dream come true, isn't it? He's literally following in his hero's footsteps. Uh, footstep, sorry. Um, it's, it might seem on the outside like an odd one because you'd say, well, he can't stay at Renault, obviously, but it's full up. But there's a chance he could have gone to Red Bull. I think we'll get onto that. But I think it's a good move if Red Bull didn't want him or weren't going to take him. That's, that's probably his best option. And like you say, he can build a team around him now. Depends who his teammate is, but we'll see. Um, yeah, this could be could be the making of signs. And if McLaren are, are, are on an upward trajectory, which they technically are from last year, wasn't hard. Um, yeah, if they are, then this gives him the chance to, to build a team around him. But anyway, Sam, what do you think? Good move for signs. Yeah, I mean it's pretty lovely. Like you said, he's kind of he's following in his um, his his hero's tire marks almost, isn't it? Because obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's exciting. And science is a done deal now. And the other six sticky situation McLaren have is well, every team has, and there are two seats to every team, not just the one. Uh, Stoffel van Dorn, I don't think he will be there come the twenty nineteen season, and I think this sticks McLaren and many drivers on two possible paths. The first one, which we discussed slightly before the stream started, was that Stoffel would go to Toro Rosso and then Toro Rosso would put Gasly up to Red Bull. Red Bull would then have a Gasly Verstappen partnership. Gasly Verstappen aren't the best of friends. They've always had a bit of a rivalry. Not sure how well they would click. But Verstappen, even though he's so young, would lead the team. The other issue there, of course, is if Van Dorn were to still go to Toro Rosso, but then Ocon would go from Force India to Red Bull and Stroll would fit into Red Bull. No, not Red Bull, Force India next to Perez. And then someone would go into Williams. It's all too much. Did you follow that, ladies and gents? 
Good, because I did. <laughs> no, um, no, I see what you're saying though, Sam. Yeah, I think sort there of. is a very good chance that one of the McLaren guys does go to Toro Rosso because they have got too many drivers for two seats. Um, they've got signs in one of them, obviously. And I think they'll either stick with Van Dorn or they will take Lando Norris. And then the other one is going to be shipped off to Toro Rosso because we know that McLaren won James Key from Toro Rosso. Yeah. So some sort of deal there would work out quite well. Maybe they can get away with sending Nick De Vries over, but I'm not sure if they'd go for him. Um, Eric on Facebook has asked about Stoffel's future. The thing is with Stoffel, there's part of me now that thinks maybe they should maybe they should keep him because he, he'll he be in a team that's not got Alonso in it. So maybe this is the chance to prove himself. But actually, I, don't, I think they might put Lando in, in the car. But um, yeah, apart, so apart of me thinks he should stay in McLaren. But then also apart of me thinks maybe he should leave the McLaren atmosphere and go somewhere else, go to Tour also. Because then there's every chance he could end up one day in a Red Bull, which might be... Perfect. Yeah, I think with McLaren now, it's full-on rebuilding mode. Yeah. Zach Brown has said that there is very little chance that the team is going to win before the next five to ten years. Um, and that's just the way that it is. They, they've cost themselves dearly. They've, they've tried this Renault move, um, and it hasn't worked out for them. They're going to have to hope for some sort of 2021 miracle. Um, because at the moment, they are so far behind the top three teams, and there's no real reason to think it's going to change anytime soon so to have signs in that car to have another youngster in that car it's it's a future project now who would you give it to who would you give the second seat to i personally think van dorm deserves another year what to do be with lando then i think lando can wait a year what just do nothing well i mean there's other championships around the way he might not win formula two which true, means he can have true. a second chance of that if he does win formula two um, maybe he does go to Torosso for a year and then they can take him back. Um, I don't know. It, it, there's loads of different options for Or maybe he joins Alonso at IndyCar for a year. I mean, that Lando and Nando taking on IndyCar. Like that it. is a great series. I, I would watch a YouTube series of that. No a doubt. sitcom. Lando yeah, sitcom. That's a good idea. Um, just to say, I saw a stat earlier, going back to the point of it being such an inexperienced lineup and... Um, how signs and whoever it is isn't going to have that much racing pedigree, if you if you know what I mean. Um, this will be the first season since 1994, so that's 25 years next year, that they will have no race winner on the nice. team. And it will be the first time in McLaren's history that they will not have a driver who has got a podium in F1. It's bad. It's bad reading, isn't it? Well, it's, it, and it's, you know, it... So the first time since 2008, they've not had a champion in the team, which yeah, says, I mean, yeah. says a lot about McLaren that, you know, even in the, even in the bad times, they've still had Alonso. Well, they had Alonso and Button there. So, yeah. So I know. And even in 08, they had Hamilton, who was basically a champion by then. I knew it wasn't, but it wasn't far off it. So, yeah, it's uh, like you say, it's a rebuilding stage for them. But it's a, it's an odd one for them to find. It's not a position for them to find themselves in because their biggest asset has just he's just walked off. Well, he's not walked off yet. Nine races time's going to walk off. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say worrying, but c- concerning times for McLaren. Yeah. Are you worried about the future for McLaren? Yeah, I think realistically, McLaren, when they say rebuild, need to look at that kind of new regulation time, you know, in the next few years. And I think being such a lucrative brand that they are, they need to go out and do something. And here's what I think they need to do. So everyone hold on to your hats. I think that they realistically 
need to get rid of Rago before the new regulations come in. They got them. I know. I know. They only got Honda a couple of years before that. Right. They need to go out and they need to bring in a brand new engine supplier that isn't in Formula One to have total control of that engine supplier and one that can deliver power. Both Renault and Honda have never been renowned for delivering powerful setups, and that is what McLaren are lacking. They need someone on the lines of Porsche. They need someone on the lines of Chevrolet. They need someone who can come in there and deliver raw horsepower, and if they can get back to developing a chassis and aerodynamic brilliance on the track, that allows them to actually deliver results. And I think McLaren is such a lucrative brand that they are able to do that. It's a negative they don't have their own engine supplier, but it's a positive that they can go out and sell themselves like Formula One prostitution to a new engine supplier elsewhere and bring in more watches to Formula One. Apologies if that was X-rated for anyone watching. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what McLaren need to do, rebuilding from the ground up. I mean, you said hold on to your hats. Yeah, X-rated content, but I was holding on to my hat, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. Can um, we go anywhere from that? No. Uh, so Neil's on the Facebook chat saying that he believes all the teams are setting themselves up for 2021. So, and I think drivers too, because no one's signing a contract past 2020. Yeah, that's no a good point. One. Actually, this signs... Well, scientists might go past. It, it's a multi-year deal, so at minimum it goes to 2020, potentially longer. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think you made some good points. Um, I think McLaren going with a new engine supplier is risky, but it might be what they need in order to succeed again. Um, they thought that last time with Honda. That's the problem. They've, they've gone with Honda, who were a year behind in terms of development, and that didn't work out at all. So someone like Porsche and Chevrolet, on the one hand, could be a masterstroke. On the other hand, it could completely fail, and they'll be back to where they were five years ago. Yeah, my, my issue with the Honda move was that they did it for nostalgia. They did it to bring back those fans that loved it when they had a partnership way before. And... I think it was a little bit kind of a last grass move. You know, we failed for a while. What can we do? Oh, let's bring back the good old days. And it really didn't pay off. And they've almost opened the door now for Red Bull to succeed. I think they need to go completely fresh and do that now behind the backs of Formula One and go, these are the regulations. You've got three years to develop the engine we need. Please go and do that. Yeah, indeed. Um, should we move on to Mr. Fernando Alonso? He's been in the news recently, isn't he? What's he been up to? My heart breaks. I can't remember. What, what, what's happening with Alonso? I don't know. Um, he's gone on holiday. Oh, he's gone on holiday. Forever? He's yeah. never coming back. Um, well, actually, he's already, he's already said in his leaving leaving video that, uh, or whatever, I might come back still. Yeah, that's just Alonso, isn't it? Of course <laughs> he's not going to make anything definitive. Um I mean, where does Alonso rank amongst the greats? We discussed this a couple of months ago, I think, on a stream, but let might as well speak about it again, thanks to the news. Well, look, he's not he's not the greatest, but I, I see I wrote a piece yesterday about his you know top top moments in F one. I think he's up there as sort of de defining a generation of Formula One. He's he's in the top three with. Vettel and Hamilton in terms of this generation of F1 and actually and he was their first he was the one that took over the mantle from Schumacher so to, you can't take that away from him despite the fact he only did get two championships um yeah he, he's got to be up there as one of the great as one of the greatest all-round drivers I think Hamilton's quicker around a lap and it, it would have been great to see them actually battle out now 2018 Hamilton and Alonso would have been a classic, but we're not going to see that, sadly. Um, yeah, 
He's one of, not the greatest. I'd put him top eight. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not, it's not narrowing region. it down, is it? No, it's a safe region. I'd probably agree with you on that. Um, yeah, unbelievable racecraft. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a great person. I have to say, with the Hamilton Alonso thing, I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen because part of me thinks that Hamilton would have beaten him. Um, if 2000 and you know, if, if 2007 Hamilton yeah, matched true. 2007 Alonso, well, I think I think 2018 Hamilton is quite a bit better than 2007 Hamilton was. I think 2018 Alonso is quite a bit better than 20. I don't think he's. I don't think the improvement is quite as much. But I mean, that's just anyway. complete and utter hindsight. We will never know. Um, yeah, I think there are there were times in Alonso's career where he made good racing drivers look like amateurs. You know, Massa was completely destroyed by Alonso. Kimi Raikkonen, 2014, completely destroyed by Alonso. And if you look at the amount of championships he could have won, I mean, two championships indicates that he's not as good a driver as he should have been. But there were so many championships he missed out on. He won 05, he won 06. But That's eight points, isn't it? Eight points off being five times world champion. Yeah, he should have won 07. Um, should have won 10. I mean, if 07 had worked out well, he'd probably have been there in 08 and would have maybe won that as well. True. 09, he had the opportunity to move to Braun. And if he did that, he'd have been a world champion. 07, he apparently, yeah, so he had the chance to move to Red Bull. So he could have had all of Vettel's championships. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2010, he had a chance. 2012, he had a chance. If he stick with Ferrari, he might have been a world champion last year. There's so many, I know it's if, buts and maybes, but there are so many reasons as to why Alonso probably should have won more than two world championships. Do you think he's um, underperformed in his career, Sam, at all? I think he's been incredibly unlucky. And by unlucky, I mean he's forged himself the wrong pathway. He chose the wrong decision pretty much every single time after he won his two world titles. As you said, eight points from five world titles is a ridiculous statistic. He could be in the top three or four drivers of all time ever. He's definitely my top 10 favourite drivers of all ever in terms of personality, racecraft, ability. I don't necessarily think he's always going to be the best there. Like you said, Hamilton, I think, would beat him. I think him and Vettel across the season would be incredibly close. Um, I don't think he comes to the close to the likes of Schumacher or Senna. But that doesn't mean that he isn't one of the most incredible driven people on the track that we've seen, you know, he commands a race track. He doesn't just command a team. When he's on that track, he has an aura about him. He fans love him regardless of of who they support, what team they support, and he will go down as a legend of the sport. I've seen a lot of people actually surprisingly say that he was toxic for the sport and they're glad that he's moved on. He's glad that his time is taken away from the sport. I disagree personally. I've always enjoyed that drama, that flair about him. But I can understand why some people think that a lot of teams didn't want to work with him because he caused arguments, he provoked division, he frustrated other drivers into not being their best. And that isn't always what you want in a team. And I love Alonso and I, I must admit that's him and I would rather he be in the sport and cause that toxicity. But I'm sad to see him go. He goes down for me in the top seven or eight drivers of all time. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a bit emotional. <laughs> Have a little cry. Have a little cry. Um, no, I was going to say, I saw, I can't remember who said it. I might have been on, I might have been Andrew Benson or someone, but um, they said he probably needed someone stronger than himself just to take him to one side and, you know, stop those sort of political situations behind the scenes. But they, they also said there probably isn't anyone who's stronger in the head than him. So it was, was, I mean, if Briatore couldn't do it, then uh, no one was. Then I don't think anyone could. To no, be exactly. Honest. So I thought that was a very telling point that. Yeah, he needed someone, but he could never 
there was never anyone who's going to really stop him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Sam. To be honest, because I think his biggest weakness is something that's not even related to his racing. His biggest weakness was always behind the scenes and his decision making and where he went. Christian Horner on Beyond the Grid, the new F1 podcast, just two weeks ago, said with the Red Bull seat opening up. And this is a quote. He said, I have huge respect for Fernando. He's a great driver, a fantastic driver, but it's very difficult. He's tended to cause chaos wherever he's gone. This is a team manager saying this. This is one of the guys who is responsible for recruiting drivers saying this. So if he's saying it, of course, it must be true amongst the F1 paddocks. You've got an incredibly talented driver. Christian Horner doesn't dispute that in his quote. And he would not even consider him for one of the potentially race winning seats in F1 because of who he is as a person. And it's disappointing that that kind of got in the way of his career, particularly in the second half of his career. Yeah. And whether he'll look back and think the same, I don't know. I think probably he wouldn't, but it is it's definitely true. He's just he's made some bad, bad calls, I think, behind the scenes. Um, anyway, he ended up in McLaren again. So what do we think? His second stint in McLaren, no wins, no podiums, few points. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on few, I'm afraid. There weren't there weren't many. There weren't many. Um, there are still a few standout standout performances, I think. No, he raced very well. Um I think he raced very well when Jensen Button was there and the last couple of years he's done everything he can with the car that's he's had under him. Um, and I don't actually think it's damaged his reputation as much as people think it has. I don't think it um, has. In well, fact, I, maybe not, not at all. all. Yeah. Um, he's shown that he has another weapon in his arsenal almost and that he can bring up a team that is doing pretty badly and can race the pants off it and get as many points as possible. Um, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure why he joined in the first place. Um, I, I, I know the... I didn't like... Mm, what was he called? The one before Arriva Bene at Ferrari, Mattiacci? Yeah, but... He was there for a bit in 2014 after Domenicali left. Don't think they got on at all. Yeah, um, but obviously if he'd stayed at Ferrari, he'd be in a much, much better position now. But would he have... Yes, I think. Would he have stuck out? I know 15 Seb had wins, but would he have stuck out for 15, a bad year in 16, to get 17? Would he have made Yeah, I think he would have, though, because I don't think there was any other better alternatives. He moved away from Ferrari when Ferrari were above... McLaren in the standings and McLaren when he was joining them were just losing their Mercedes engine which True. was clearly the most dominant engine in 2014 but he decided to go to a team which had a new engine coming in that was one year behind in terms of development and hadn't been looking like winning a championship for like six years it was at that point so yeah I I still can't quite understand why Alonso did decide to move in the first place um, and then it didn't end up working out very well. Um, do you, is there a standout, standout McLaren performance in, you have in mind? Uh, from his second stint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hungary, I think. What, last year? Yeah. Hungary last year. Sam, do you have a standout second stint McLaren Alonso performance? That's a What we did question. Uh, Hungary, yeah, was brilliant. Uh, recently, his Azerbaijan performance, I thought, was blimmin' brilliant. That was a fantastic showing. I think something that... I'm going to discover about Fernando Alonso now before you've all had the revelation is that I think he'd be a really good team boss. <laughs> yes. He basically was a team boss, wasn't he? By the end of McLaren. Oh, yeah. I think, I think when he has his stint in IndyCar and he goes away for a while after he really retires from motorsport and maybe in 10, 15 years time, 
if he were to come back and play a major role in the management of a team, I think he will have matured enough to really channel that passion and know-how and knowledge into a team. And I think he could be great in team management. I think he could build a team around him and league a team like McLaren later on down the line to Brilliant. Maybe his own team. He's got enough sodding money to make one. Deck chair F1. Deck chair F1. Make it happen. Karma. Karma F1. <laughs> Karma racing. It'd be interesting to see. GP2 engine racing. Back to the point. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Alonso in management. Yeah. I think it'd be an exciting prospect because not many drivers who were who or who are as good as Alonso tend to make it very far in management. You, no. you no disrespect to the likes of Christian Horner, but he wasn't exactly Lewis Hamilton, was he? In his racing career. <laughs> and neither was neither was Toto Wolf, remember. Went, no, well, true. I mean, look at the guys who have been good. F1 drivers and have gone into management or team ownership. Uh, Alan Pross, Jackie Stewart, Graham Hill. I mean, yeah, it, it, it does. Really... He, he was owning and driving at the same time. True, it's... that is very true. Um, yeah, it, it very that, rarely. That would be Alonso. Alonso would own and drive the car at the same time. He'd be 56 and he'd still drive. That sounds like Alonso. And he'd have Barrichello as his teammate. Yeah. I, I reckon, anyway. Um, just something about Alonso, his um, his second stint. Is there any point in the last few years where you think he should have bailed and tried something else? What, out McLaren? Yeah. Since he's joined, do you think there was a point where this was never going to work and he should have begged to get somewhere else? I think the beginning of 17. That was the that was the that's the moment he should have. But then where would he have gone? That's the only thing. Yeah, he yeah. could have tried. I think you you look fifteen was bad sixteen was well, he's better it wasn't brilliant but they were they were getting there and then seventeen was promised to be the the better year and it wasn't and they had the best chassis in F one but when <laughs> when it didn't work when they realised they couldn't even start it up without it breaking down that's uh, that's point or maybe maybe when he joined in fifteen but you can't leave then you're committed so yeah I don't know where he would have gone I was going to say. Do you think the bad, bad McLaren phase is it? Is it going to be like the making of the next Fernando, you know, the next stage of Fernando Alonso's career? Because without the bad McLaren, he wouldn't have done Indy, and then it wouldn't have opened up these options to do WEC because Zach Brown was trying to keep him and trying to keep him happy. So he might not have done these things. I think he would have done what just afterwards. Yeah, I think he would have got there one way or the other. Okay. Maybe, he's, he got, maybe there he's got there sooner. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's got there sooner because of his links that he's developed whilst being at McLaren. But um, yeah, I, I think um, I think it would have happened at one point anyway. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I don't think Fernando Alonso made a bad decision sticking around for this year. Um, you know, it could have, it could have something could have happened. Yeah, the Renault engine was the last throw of the dice. It was unlikely that they were going to be propelled right to the top again alongside Merck, Ferrari, and Red Bull. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but it was worth a gamble at least. There was nothing else going on in his career where he would have been better suited elsewhere. Um, but obviously, now we've discovered that McLaren's issues run much, much deeper than the Honda engine. Uh, presented back in 2017 um, and we know that short-term success isn't going to happen which is why he's moved on all right then where's he you say moved on where's he moving on sam where's he moving on well it's it's obviously down the local track down the road selling candy floss candy floss <laughs> a, a, a lots of floss um anyway 
no, he, he's obviously off to IndyCar. McLaren want to go there. This gives them a direct link with a driver that already has the aspiration. He's a racer through and through, isn't he? He's always wanted to race. He always wants to race. You know, it's his home. In that very emotional video that he he presented on social media, um, he said that he puts that visor down and he feels a, a warm embrace of motorsport or Formula One. And I don't think he wants to lose that. I think that's that is his life. Like a footballer on a football pitch, I think that is his life, his dream. And I, I think even if he left, say, after the first year with uh, Honda using McLaren, which I think probably would have been the better time for him to go, he still have years to build something. I think I think he'll go on to do IndyCar, then WEC even more. And I think he will win the Triple Crown, and I think he'll win multiple world titles at other things. Um, he just won't do it in Formula One, and that makes me very sad. Um, I saw a, a story, I don't know if it was true, that he's got a test for IndyCar coming up. So, yeah, I think that's uh, true. For, for McLaren, if they want to keep ties, and Zach Brown, is he's a marketing man. He's not going to... He's not stupid. If he can keep some sort of link to Alonso, you know, he does IndyCar, but uh, they've got a few McLaren stickers on the side of his IndyCar. I don't think yeah. it's going to be an IndyCar team, is it, McLaren? I think that's fallen through. Yeah, that's gone quiet. So, yeah. But even so, if they can keep the links, why not keep 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 the guys happy? So, um, yeah, we might see him back in F1 one day, but I'd like to, but he's, gonna, he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. He um, is at the end of his career rather than at the beginning of it. He's got more years behind him than ahead of him. Do you reckon um, do Formula E? <laughs> I, after all of the GP2 engine stuff, I don't think he's going to go into a car that is significantly slower. Okay. Um, I hope he goes to IndyCar, and I hope he does it full time. Um, he's so good to see. Yeah, I'd love to see him in an equal car on on a road car. IndyCar would be course, awesome so. if, he was, if he was going to do that. Um, I would love to see him win the Triple Crown, um, which obviously involves him winning the Indy 500 now. But... I would be just as happy to see him actually win the IndyCar Championship. Like yeah. I, I would, maybe even do it. Do, do a Mansell. Yeah, yeah. Go and, and win the IndyCar Championship. And let's face it, like if Alonso does go to IndyCar, that's going to do a huge amount for the sport this side of the pond. Yeah, it's it's going to get. A, well, look what it did when he went there for one. one yeah, race. exactly. It's going to bring some sort of massive new market that is relatively yeah. untapped at the moment. Maybe he's got a deal with Chase Carey. Oh, conspiracy, conspiracy theory. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Wecker FC, but... Um, wait, what he is in... That's the thing we say, what's he going to do? He's got still got a oh, well, yeah, double yeah. season of Wecker. Oh, he's of course, there. yeah, he's carrying on until next, uh, so next Lamont, isn't he? He's still busy next year as well, yeah. so um, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be around. Yeah, indeed. I think that's it, mate. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> yeah. you, you're calling it. <laughs> Well, it's a good note to end on. We're not very good at that. Yes, boss. Um, yes, uh, we're going to be back next Thursday. Um, F1's coming we're back. We're previewing a race. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really weekend. feel like we've actually been away, does it? I know. There's so much going on. Exactly. Uh, Formula One returns to Belgium next weekend, so we will be previewing that race on Thursday, 7 o'clock, same time. As always, it'll be the three of us. I've been Ben Hocking. <laughs> I've been Harry Eade. I've been Samuel Sage, and goodbye to Fernando Alonso. See you again, (laughs) Fernando Alonso. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. My name's Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eade. And with love, with care, I'm Samuel Sage. Remember, keep breaking late. (laughs) 